0: It would be a really shitty interview. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'd be like, yeah. oh man, if that if that was the uh, deal breaker for you, forget it. I'm over. because yeah. some people right. are like that, man. Um, Kay, how's boy. it going, man? It's going very good. Um, how are you doing? Great. Before we get started, I want to have you pronounce your name for me, um, because yeah, sure. I I gotta tell you your name has so many accent marks. It looks like eyelashes. Like I was like, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> when that's, I saw it, I that's was like, so funny, I'm not gonna try this, dude. I was like, I looked at it, it's it's blinking, blinking at me. Like you're so- That's so funny. That's I never heard that. Dude, I'm gonna steal that, Jay, if you don't
1: mind. Please eyelashes, do. I love that. Yeah, I never heard I that. I love that that's so good. much. But yeah, so my name is a Kaman. Kaman is the first name and Mate is the last name. Now you see, let me give a little historical context. Hungarian, the language is a phonetic language. So you see in Hungarian, we have the letter A alone, which is off And then we have the letter A with the line, the accent mark is A. So just like with the E, we have E without the line, which is f And then E with the line is A. So, Kálmán Mate. But, you know, of course, because it's so hard, I just go by K. Everyone calls me K.
0: Kama Mate is not very uh, hard at all. And it's got really cool alliteration. Like, I like that, but I can understand why you would have to do it because uh, people butcher the hell out of names and they like to make assumptions about you. The more accent marks that are on a name in America, especially when you're in the South, the more apt they are to speak slowly as if you have like some kind of mental incapacity Mm. or they speak louder because they think that your ears don't work, you know because you right. come from somewhere else. Right. It's weird. I love the,
2: I love the louder no, part. Course. No, trust me. I, I know. <laughs> What'd you say? I love the louder part. Like if someone's not English, is not first language, I could see maybe slowing it down a bit, but like, where
0: are you from? Like, why are you yelling? That's they do person. that. You know, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> right. Well, Kay, oh. I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show. This is a tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment free zone using candor and humor. Um, Kay is here to discuss some really interesting topics and has a very broad background in philosophical and biblical studies, as well as a life-changing event that he wants to discuss with us. Uh, I'm super fascinated with all of this. So welcome to the show, Kay. Um, Gary, glad you're here as well. Um, Anything you got going on, Gary, before we get started? Uh,
2: No, nothing really. Uh, Same old stuff, just uh, trying to make cool shit and, you know, get it out to the masses. So hopefully there's some new cool stuff coming. Um, Always. Big thing is uh, the Big Rim Racing, you know, it's a new racing league that we're doing in uh, Chicago. We're coming uh, July 29th. We'll have a big event there. So maybe you come check it out. And uh, it's going to be all over the place. So I think that's the biggest one.
0: This insane culture, just, um, you know, to kind of highlight this for a moment. I love that group of people and the camaraderie and the rivalry at the same time it's big rim racing is you want to explain what that is Gary real quick
2: yeah it's like normally you would see like the donks with the big gold wheels and and you know the the g bodies which are you know really popular still in the midwest and in the south and like you think of those as slow like cruisers you know even almost slow riders even though they set it up but these are race cars you know they they have all the, the bling for lack of a better term and dope paint jobs and everything, but they're, you know, engine swaps and transmission swaps and they're fast as shit and look good. And, uh, it's, uh, it's the first urban racing that, that, you know, the country's really had. So it's it started in the South and it's growing and, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, something new to some old to many, but you know, we're trying to push it out there. It's just, you know, a new alternative to racing. You know, most of the racing you see on TV is like a bunch of hillbillies making left turns for four hours, and that's not really what it meant to <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Well, it's family guy it was like, go in a circle, advertise stuff. Go in a circle, advertise stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs>
1: but yeah. enough gary you're gonna have to let me know the location of this right event in chicago because now i'm I'm very curious i'm gonna have to come check it out yeah
2: i will definitely uh i'll send it your way and um it's technically wisconsin but it's like we're like right over the border but i'll I'll send you all the info all right. that'll be cool yeah, chicago
0: great. people are used to that because you have to get to open areas to do anything fun um otherwise you're i lived on uh state ninth for for a couple of years and uh loved oh, okay. it there uh where are you at in Chicago okay yeah I'm specifically in Old Town
1: I'm on LaSalle nice nice
0: that's a yeah. beautiful area
1: yes it really is no for sure exactly uh when we moved to Chicago recently we moved just recently in March 11th of this year we moved from Durham North Carolina that's where I did my graduate studies at Duke but we just moved recently and we thought like, hey, if we're going to come to Chicago, we might as well have the real experience, like the actual Chicago, that's like, what downtown we did. because, you know, so well, you know, so many people say, oh, like, you know, I live in Chicago, like, where at? Oh, like all the way out here in the suburbs. Like, Naperville. Well, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> well, it's like, okay, like that's Chicago, but not Chicago. So I'm like, hey, let's, let's go ahead and have the real experience, you know? Yeah, as soon
2: as you put bill totally at it, the man. end, you know, you're not in a town, like in the city, like Ville, like you're mm-hmm. okay. You're in one of the vills, right. okay? Uh, <laughs> right. we, what, we were we were talking right before uh, he popped back on. He uh, originally moved to Lima, Ohio. When he in, I was talking about a friend of mine that lives in Kansas. And, uh, you know, he moved to America and he was like all pumped up about like, you know, like Miami and Hollywood and Vegas. And he's like, ends up in like outside of Wichita. And he's like still pissed about it. like 20 years later. So he's like, ended up in Lima, Ohio. Like, fuck.
0: first of all, it's got the shittiest bean. So who the fuck wants to go there? And then second of all, I have a very similar thing that happened to me when I joined the army back in like two, you know, the dawn of time. (laughs) <laughs> they told me I was going to New York and I was like, fuck yeah. And this is in the middle of the nineties. So it's not like I can Google shit. They're just like, all I understand is the word New York. Next thing you know, they drop me off. There's fucking cow pastures and all this other crap. And I'm like, that's what I left. Like who the <laughs> f- sent me back out here to the what? middle of butt fuck nowhere. It was upstate what? New York in the middle of like the boonies. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was so mad at the gods I was shaking my fist so I was like how did I go from one pasture to another
1: yeah.
2: right. how was a lima how
1: was that culture shock well so you see like the fact is of course like you know when I moved so I guess Jay just so that you know right I grew up and I was born in Hungary that's in central eastern Europe and so because my mom married an American and he couldn't learned a language because Hungary is supposedly like the sixth hardest language in the world he said okay let's go ahead and move to america and you know as i said to to um gary i was like oh my goodness like so amazing hollywood you know i watch watching tv <laughs> all the time listen to music i'm like man like we're going there and and right you know we end up in lima now you see like i moved to america not knowing a lick of english so so i mean other than i i I correct myself other than man I have a piece of gum because my stepdad only would give us gum if we said that to him. But so I don't know any English. And then we, right, we end up in this podunk town. And not only like the good part of Lima, like the hood of Lima. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it is what it is, but you know, like we may do, but, you know, I, but my, my dreams of, Fame and, and uh, Hollywood just, can I, I guess, Can I ask a question it.
0: real quick? I want to pause for a moment because you, first of all, you have amazing hair, right? This has not been brought up, but you have amazing hair. Did you have this amazing hair when you landed in <laughs> Lima, Ohio? Now
1: you see, Jay, I almost said this to you before we, we uh, began this conversation, but I didn't want to spoil it. I have a story very similar to yours with your beard and i claim the same exact thing this is god-given like this i didn't do anything to deserve this this just happened it's to beautiful me by stuff. the way it's now, amazing well, thank you thank you so much i appreciate that now you know what the funniest thing is it's that i've only been growing this out for a year and before this i only had short hair and I didn't even know I had this. This was a surprise to me. It like, just
0: came out and it just... <laughs> it's like having a Play-Doh foot factory in your head and you <laughs> don't know it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I didn't know I had this. And now
1: everybody is like, oh my gosh, I love your hand. I'm like... Thank you so much. Like, thank you. I didn't know. Like, that's I had like this, discovering
0: you know? you're a different race when you change your hair. <laughs> it gets so weird. I love that you didn't know that your hair was so amazing until then. Yeah, dude. It was. It's the crazy thing. Now, nowadays, I feel
1: like Samson. You know, like Samson, his source of his strength was his long hair, and now I feel like my the, my source of compliments is my hair. If I if I cut it off, like it's gone. Like because I just get so many compliments.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You got to keep it till it falls out now.
0: yeah. Somebody got a squeaking I, going on in the background. I hate to interrupt for a moment.
1: Yeah, that's, I that hear is it. Uh, totally I don't think it's here, That though. is my dog. Uh, oh, is it? Me...
0: Okay, I yeah, wanted to make... Know. No, 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 it's fine. I wanted to make sure it wasn't a technical thing because it was like the same frequency the whole time. So I'm like, yeah. what, what is this? I'm like lifting my ear. I'm trying not to. I'm like having a seizure and... <laughs> It's I looked for my dog actually when I first heard it. I looked outside the studio door and I was like, What is she doing? Yeah, <laughs> what kind of totally dog is it?
1: Um, he is a uh, mini poodle. We think that he is most likely mixed with Dachshund, oh. but we he is some sort of and he just, you know, he is such a Mamas and daddy boy that he just I'm home and looks like my mom's not home. I'm unfortunately unfamiliar with Falcor. Gary, Falkor? you
0: know who Falcor is? No clue. No, Never-ending Story, <laughs> the dog that flew. Oh, I, I mean, I, I never saw that
2: movie. Probably, like I know of it, but yeah, I don't. <sighs> you guys suck. Yeah. Sorry, wasted a
0: whole great reference on yeah, that. Yeah, I'll Google um, it and sorry. let's like... go back to talking about Lima or Lima, yeah. Ohio. <laughs> it's America's <laughs> but, bean. Yeah, America's bean. Man, I'd like to punch the guy that handed those out first. Like, who picked that up, ate one, and said, let me have two?
2: Yeah. Ooh, no. It's probably all that they Hungry. had wherever they were. But, yeah. like, Hungry. Lima's, like, in the probably, like, the most remote part of Ohio. It's, like, in the middle of, like, Dayton and Toledo, kind of, and, like, on the west That's side. That's correct. It's, like, not really. It's about as far as you could get away from like a big city in Ohio, probably. That's
0: how I grew up. Very rural. The hood is not the hood. The hood is socioeconomic versus race. And it's very bizarre. It's like a poor whitish type of scenario. Florida and Ohio have a highway that no other has. There's like a direct flight between Ohio and Florida every single day.
1: Yeah, of course, exactly. All the snowbirds, they're like, yo, like, get me out of this cold weather. And Gary and I were just talking exactly like, a, you know, right. We, you know, I moved to Lima, Ohio, now in Chicago. And, you know, we just recently moved to Chicago from Durham, North Carolina. And so we we experienced four years of great weather. And so <laughs> I was so reluctant to come back to the cold. But, you know, it is what it is, you know.
0: Chicago is its own world. I love Chicago. And yeah. I hate the rap that it gets and the way that it's portrayed in the media because that city is so safe to walk around at any time. Great food. It's all Midwestern people. Nobody's got a bad attitude. They're holding That's- doors. They're nice. I'm like, I don't even understand why it gets portrayed because they look at this microcosm that they've created Like, you know, they've put all these people into a box and they poke them with a stick and take pictures. You know, it's fucking ridiculous and and report that is what the city is, you know, instead of getting in there and helping and focusing on the problem that they're creating.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, no, for sure. Exactly. We've had absolutely no issues. And exactly, I don't really understand what what, what bad rap gets, uh, Chicago gets like, and it's like, I feel perfectly safe. Like there's never been like, Oh my gosh, of course there's a lot of sirens and of course a lot of fire trucks and whatever, but that's just a big city. Of course there's a lot of people. So, you know, it's bound to happen.
0: Absolutely. So Durham to Chicago is also a culture shock and a change. And I love that you studied um, the, the biblical studies that you took were in the actual Bible belt. So if right. you're gonna to come to America and you're gonna study the Bible, the Bible belt is where you park yourself and you sit down. What was that like? And what did you gain? What kind of knowledge and perspective? How'd you go into that?
1: Oh, that's that's a long story, but let me go ahead and, and describe it to you. You see, I grew up in Hungary in the church. And you know, of course, like when I came to America, I, I remained in it. Now during high school, you know, I told God, Hey, I don't need you, I can take care of myself. And so, like, you know, of course I got into all the regular stuff, the the drinking, the smoking, the sex, all that kind of stuff. So then, right, September 2nd of 2012, I had my my motorcycle. People don't like for me to call it crotch rocket, but that's what I always called it. So you know, uh oh, you know, it's what, a race. What, I don't who's, know maybe.
0: who's upset about that term, and if they are, they've already got problems. <laughs> yeah, you bike. know,
1: who knows? It's like look, like it's just the the term for it. It's that type of bike, but you know, uh, because it's like like there's all sorts of motorcycles, and and uh, I want to specify that I have a fast motorcycle. But um, so yeah, you know, all my life I wanted a crotch rocket, and in that time, at I had I had my I had the money to go ahead and, and buy one. So I said, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I, I was going on a country road um, in Lima, Ohio with my quad rocket on September 2nd, 2012. And uh, there were no witnesses. I don't remember the day. Um, and something happened most likely as I, as I thought about it. And as I know bikes, my bike went into a wobble, which forced me into the ditch on the side of the road. And um, I hit a a ditch at the, I mean, I hit a driveway at the end of the ditch, which catapulted my bike and I into the air. Now, mind you, you know I was going 118 miles per hour, so like, you know, like this is, you know, like within within a so millisecond. I, I, calculation, yeah, so so I you know I go in 0.2 seconds, I go 30 feet. You know, like this <laughs> is this is like, you know, in my mind is so slow, to laugh. But, but,
0: it's, but the <laughs> human body is not meant to travel at that velocity.
1: It's crazy, but so. Right, my, my bike hits a telephone pole to the right, and I somehow veer to the left and I hit the road. Now, you know, if I had the ability, I, I could share the, the scene the day that uh, the scene pictures with you. I have it from the, the police Send report. And to us. Well, if you're
0: willing to, we'll share them with the uh, episode.
1: It's, yeah, it's, I'm more than willing. It's really crazy. Uh, the, the telephone pole had seen better days. So Let me tell you, it just, it shattered. Well, I felt that thing good
0: for you when you said you missed the telephone pole and then you said the alternative was the road. And I immediately sh- shriveled back up and said, Oh, dear God, how long do you slide at 118 miles an hour? Better
2: than hitting
1: that pole, though. I slid very long. Oh, fuck. Yeah. But so, right. Exactly. So that's exactly what happened. Like, right. I, I hit the road. Now, Now, mind you, like, I was dumb back then. I was a teenager, a teenager who knew everything about the world, and so I was only wearing a short, a shorts and a shirt, and then with shoes on top. So, like, long story short, yeah, I got lots of road rash. I dude, got, you were naked. Were you oh, wearing yeah, a helmet, yeah, dude? Luckily, because <sighs> you know, even even with the with the helmet, like, I severe, uh, I uh, I suffered such severe brain trauma that they had to check for brain brain swelling and so they had to drill into my skull but luckily like right i didn't have any so of course that's why i'm still here but i broke my um, jaw i broke my neck i broke my back and i broke my right femur and of course road rash down to bones and tendons.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. holy shit
1: yeah
2: i uh dude. I, yeah, dude I can't imagine that i wrecked my moped in bali doing like seven miles an hour and i, <laughs> I had road rash and like fucking <laughs> fucked me up like Nowhere near what you're talking about. I couldn't imagine going 100 miles an hour faster and flying off that thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't either, honestly. You know, like, um, sometimes I really do wish I did remember the day, but sometimes I'm like, well, it's probably best that I don't. I feel
0: like that's a self-defense mechanism of the mind. Is there really a need to recall yourself careening down the road, breaking bones? Mm -hmm. Probably not. And on top of that, you probably have the memory of a shoe and a dryer. Like, what the fuck Um, are you going to remember? Light, dark road, light, dark road, light, dark road. As you flip. (laughs) Right.
2: Uh, right. That's scary shit. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So, so, you know, that's what happened. And, you know, so I don't remember the day or the first 14 days of my hospital. Oh, shit. So like, I woke up one day and I looked at my arms and was like, I'm alive and I'm good. Like, that was my first memory. And so then, right. Um. I got out of the hospital after twenty one days almost like spotless. You know, the only thing is I was on, on crutches just because they had to put a metal rod in my femur because that was the only way they could go out and fix it. But so I'm on crutches, but um I'm good. Like I'm golden, like, you know, no problem. But so I go back to church, and, you know, after I get out and then and then people are like, Oh my gosh, God's got big plans for you, uh, this and that and, and you know, at that time still not not on that boat. And and I said Okay, like um, get out of here with that that stupid mumbo jumbo. Like I don't believe that stuff. Well, so you know I go back I go back to my life uh, do do things as usual. But then the following the following December, so this is like a year year and and couple months. Um, I'm I'm at church and all of a sudden I feel this like banging on my heart. And of course, like, you know, I know the Bible and there's this passage in Revelation, the book of Revelation that, you know, behold, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus says to the church. And so I say to the Lord, "Mm, Lord, I I know what you're doing. I appreciate you, but uh, my life is great. And like I look at my sister's life, my pastor's life. They're fully devout Christians. I'm like, I don't want that. Like, no, thank you. And so second week, same thing happens. The third week, you know, of course, during that time, I'm sure like uh, I've been, you know, processing all this kind of stuff and i said you know what lord i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna go ahead and give you my whole life i'm going to go ahead and do this with all my strength all my effort and so there then and there i commit to go ahead and following uh the lord again and so you know i'm i'm over here you know beginning to read the bible because growing up you know i never really read the bible and no all that kind of stuff you know though,
0: no and of you course, did, like, exactly the basic right eight, like the, the bible right. For a kid, was a Crayola box with eight crayons in it. You knew the basic passages that you were supposed to repeat back to a pastor or a priest or whatever it was. You know, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten. You know, you knew how to p- spit out those particular ones, but you didn't know how many sons of whoever or acts and everything. Dude, that thing is full of so much that you would yeah. never tap at that age because it has too many these, thousand and in it
1: yeah so so you see exactly i don't know the bible so i'm like okay well hey let me go ahead and begin reading the bible so as i begin finding uh, you know things in the bible and learning about god and stuff i start to remember me going back to church and people saying that god's got big plans for me and so then now that i'm i'm christian i'm like you know maybe god does have big plans for me maybe that is true and so now you know i'm in this like searching stage like okay so then what is it like like i live in freaking lima ohio like you know like big things happen in like uh la you know new york like what's gonna happen here so you know i'm searching and searching and so i i after high school in 2012 i enrolled in um, ohio state the lima branch campus ohio state university I got excited for a um, second a,
2: <laughs> like yeah, so I, oh, lima? I got excited when he said ohio
1: state I'm like, yeah oh lima branch <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. That's not not exciting at all. But so you know, I I couldn't finish the first semester because of my motorcycle accident. I missed too much. But then I I go back, finish the spring semester of 2013, and then of course, i uh, continue on the spring, the fall semester of 2013. Now, in that fall semester of 2013, I found find out about this multi level marketing opportunity called Vima. Now by this time, Vima is no longer an MLM company because. Uh, of stuff that happened, but they still sell the product. But, you know, I see these 20 year olds with uh, BMWs, Mercedes making all these millions of dollars. I'm like, okay, that is my ticket. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And of course, like for me, I'm a very passionate ind- individual. When I set my mind to something and get passionate about it, it's like, it's done deal. Like, <laughs> you know, so, so I, I enroll in it and I, and I drop out of out of college I said, I don't need this. Like, I don't need this, this degree to, to do this company. So, because I drop out, um, my my mom kicks me out of the house. Says, hey, okay, if you're dropping out, like, you've got to get out of here. So uh, I am dating this girl that, that uh, I work with, and I move in with her. And you see, you know, both of us were like, yo, there's nothing going on in Lima, Ohio. Let's go ahead and, and go to Columbus, Ohio, where my older sister is going to the Ohio State University in the actual Ohio State. And so that doesn't work out. We go to Toledo, Ohio. Uh, that's where we end up. And, you know, uh, okay, bigger city. So but again,
0: there's nothing going on in Toledo, Ohio, you know, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I get it, but point. going to Tampa from where I'm from would have been like, oh my God, you know, but I yeah. get it, it's Toledo. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so, 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 you know, I'm trying to do this Christian thing. We, you know, my parents know that that now I've committed my life to the Lord. But, you know, so uh, we get an apartment together, we're having sex, you know, the whole nine yards and stuff. And so my, my, my stepdad one day says, yo, like, hey, if you love her all that much, like, why don't you all marry her and stuff? And, you know, I immediately get so convicted. I was like, man, Lord, I know I'm trying to do the thing. I'm trying to find out this purpose. I'm trying to make this uh, a month-level uh, marketing work. And, but like, you know, this is just what it is. I can't just go out and, and go and go back to Lima say, sorry, like, you know, I'm trying to follow the Lord. Like, I can't be doing this, mm. you know. So long story short, we get married we get married in July of, of uh, 2014. And so um, three months later, she comes to me, you know, and says, hey, I think we made a mistake. And so, um, you know, long story short, um, we basically split up, I move in with my sister who just moved to Toledo, Ohio recently as well. And then, um, you know, I keep paying for, for my share of You know, the apartment that we were renting. So, eight months later, we officially get, like, I guess an annulment technically, but like a divorce in court. And it's really throughout that eight month process that my ego, everything gets demolished. You Mm -hmm. know, like, I am a person that has. Loved to in the past really just plan out my life basically, know exactly how it's going to unfold. And so, like, you know, I was so passionate about uh Vima, about marriage, making this work, and everything is planned out, and all of a sudden everything crumbles, and then I'm left like, having nothing. And so then I'm like, Lord, what are you gonna do with this? Like, um, you know, because I'm just like not really sure. So, you know, I meet with my pastor during that time, the, the church that I'm attending, and he gives me this CD of this TV evangelist slash marriage counselor called Jimmy Evans and the scene is called every great marriage. And so I begin listening to this stuff. I begin, uh, picking in this, this guy and the, his preaching and his teaching. And I'm like, man, if I would have just known this stuff, I could have easily saved my marriage. Now. So I am getting passionate and and, and, and trying to like digest more of this stuff. And then one day I'm praying and I'm like, man, like what if I could save people from going through what I went through? And so then I'm like, okay, so that would mean that like, what if I did something like Jimmy Evans? And so I'm like, that would mean that I would go go back to school. And I said, when I dropped out, like, I would never go back to school because I'm too much of an extrovert. Like, I love to just talk to people, have fun, you know. Like, this is this is not for me. But I'm like, Lord, if that's what you want, I'll go ahead and do it. But like, say say, where do I go? Do I go to University of Toledo? Do I go back to Lima, or do do I go somewhere else where you call me? I'm like, let me know. So the next the next. Um, The next weekend, my, my pastor and I meet and he said, Hey, uh, um, I want to let you know that, um, Great Lakes Christian College is, um, offering a student one year free tuition to, to one member in our church and, and right, we want to give it to you. And I said, okay, that's too good. Like, that's where I'm going now before, like, you know, trust me, um, Gary knows this. Ohioans don't like Michiganders, and Michiganders don't like Ohioans. So I said, "That's one place I'm not going to go is Michigan." But, but uh, I said, "When you're free tuition, too good to be true." I said, "Okay, that's how I'm going." So, mind you, I enrolled in Great Lakes Christian College with the, the psychology slash uh, counseling major. Now you see, um, midway through my first semester, I was taking Intro to Biblical Interpretation, and my 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 professor and who became my mentor ultimately, he showed us the complexity of the Bible, which just completely blew my mind. And, and that's when in there, I decided that I was going to go ahead and switch to the advanced biblical studies major. I was going to get my master's. I was going to get my PhD and I'm going to go ahead and teach this stuff for the rest of my life because I'm like, people need to know this kind of stuff. Like, why was I never told about this stuff? So like, let me quickly give you an example. The illustration that he provided was Solomon. So in 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 Deuteronomy. I mean um in the book of Kings, Solomon says, Oh, that he's got, you know, this many, this many wives, he's got this much money, he's got this many horses. And you know, in the American church, that was like dang. That was the glory days. That was like make Israel great again. Those like glory days of Israel, let's just say. And and so and so then he takes us to Deuteronomy seventeen and it says, Hey, when you enter the land, the king should not have this many horses, this many wives, this much money. And I was like, Okay, so, like, no, like, that was not a good thing. Like, that was explicitly the thing that he should not have done. But we have made it seem like he was, like, well, And then, so I was like, okay, like, people need to know this kind of stuff. Like, like people just need to know. And so that's what, I guess, started my journey in the book of studies.
0: Sounds like you've always had a fire within you to understand the human experience. And it looks like you've been acting upon this, especially the fact that you like to move around to get like a real sense of home. I can kind of understand what it's like to not want to live where you are coming from, but also trying to make a home elsewhere, all while having a passion burn inside of you that says, yes, we're all capable and are going to do amazing things. At some point in time, some of us can recognize that we have a flame earlier in life, or they always feel it burning. They know that they're supposed to translate the human experience through their lenses as best they can to those around them and be able to grow at the same time, because we're naturally curious as to what the fuck this is, right? And the Bibles, much like the Quran. Or, you know, the Old Testament, you know, the Jewish, you know, documents, they're all stories and they're all written out in a manner where they're giving you basically the keys to understanding life and how we're supposed to interact with ourselves and each other and the gift that has been given to us the present. It's nothing more, nothing less. I mean, it can mean more. Based on the lenses that you wear and how you translate it and apply it to your life. But on the surface, I say this a lot religion, for the most part, it's a pizza. And each slice has a topping. And those are each religion, but they're all pointing at the goddamn middle. And it's that stupid little table there that keeps a box from slamming on it. That's God. Like, I don't know how yeah. else to put it. They're all selling the yeah. same shit. And we all should be doing it. They're amazing tenets. Like, do unto others as you would do unto yourself. That's pretty damn smart. What I've yeah. learned, I'm not a religious guy, right? I kind of laid out my philosophy right there. feel like they're all kind of telling the truth. It's like DC and Marvel, right? But at the end of the day, if I just treat someone with kindness, and I started to think about this. If every time I walked up to you, I smiled and was happy. It was like, what's up? Anytime you thought about me when I wasn't there, who would I be? The weird what's up guy. But you'd be happy. (laughs) You wouldn't be upset with me in the absence of me. And at the same time, you're getting treated like I want to be treated. You're going to greet me back with the same thing in some, in the majority of the time. We like to create the people that are around us when they're not around us. So if we do unto others, we maintain that position and we help them maintain that position going forward. I commend you for acting on your message, the way that you came across your flame and how you've ignited it or removed that glass so that it can actually get out to humanity. You know, a lot of people yeah. get lost in them. I don't know. It's almost like now religion has ads. Right. <laughs> like, it's it's like when you're scrolling through it, it pops up that basic eight. Like I was talking about, the kid's Crayola box, and it doesn't let you look under it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, like, you know, um, don't even get me started on on, like, you know american christianity um nowadays and and just religion and like of course like the divide that it causes in our world because that's just a whole other topic but uh you know right um jay i, I appreciate that you know but i do want to let you know that uh right the story continues and and it, it gets much 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 more complicated and so uh yeah um if you want me to share that part and how it com- how it got complicated, uh, I can do that as well if you like.
0: So, are you speaking in the historical sense as to how the biblical portrayals have been misportrayed or given that's seasoning depending upon who was writing the edition? Um, something along that lines, or the canonized books versus non-canonized. Well, no, so
1: that, that is also another discussion that we could 100% have, but no, that uh, uh, that's, of course, I learned that, but, but that's not what I guess I'm uh, referring to. What I'm referring to is that, right, you know, I got into biblical studies, but my, and I am looking at it from a historical sense, in that my life turned out, it started one way, and it turned out a different yeah. way, and I didn't expect that, I guess, let's just say.
0: I like that. Gary, you've um, always had an interesting take on religion as a whole. I'd I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this.
2: Well, uh, my mom worked for the Catholic Church my whole life, like 35 years or something like that. Um, and while I'm not a huge fan of organized religion as a whole, um, you know, for many reasons, uh, that gave us, you know, what we needed to survive, you know, single mother and everything. So I, I always had love for that particular church and the people there that ran it. Um, and it's kind of similar to what you said. It's like, it seems, it's like a lot of pages to just be like, Hey, like be cool. Don't be an asshole. Like help people out that (laughs) have less than you. And like, just, you know, it's like, if everybody lived by that, just like basically what you said, doing to others, like if everyone was just cool and helped each other and, you know, had morals and like, hey, if someone did that to me, I would hate that. So I'm just not going to do that. You know, it's like, you know, if they're, yeah. and they all say the same thing in different ways, you know, for my limited knowledge of it. And there's, but most religions say the, you know, few basic things like, um, which if everybody lived by what Jesus represented, like it would be great. But the people screaming Jesus the loudest usually have uh, AR-15 as well and a whole bunch of racism in their back pocket. And it's like, well, that guy did not look like Matthew McConaughey for one thing. Um, You know, (laughs) that dude looked more like Bin Laden than McConaughey. And it's like, and he would definitely not be on your side if he came back today with the flag and the rifle. He'd be on the other side of the border, like trying to help feed and clothe the people. So... You know, like that's a whole big thing, but I think religion's right. fascinating is historically and, and how it's influenced the world. And especially like the, as religion had grew and spread and took over different places, either through force or, you know, because the message got through to the people and they accepted it. So, so, so it's an interesting right. thing. Um, I will, you did say that you went to Duke and here at UNLV, we have a saying that God hates Duke. So uh, that's kind of a, a, a topic I'm not really sure.
0: That's funny. God yeah. hates Duke.
2: Yeah, so. I love the,
0: the simplicity behind <laughs> that cut. It's just right to the mark. Yeah. You just so. God yeah. hates you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old rivalry. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> but it's a <laughs> right. Right. Uh, trust me. Right. Uh, I, I was totally aware, too. Like, like right. The UNC Duke... Um, Division and uh, rivalry, exactly. It's just like the Ohio State versus Michigan, kind of like it's just, it's so ingrained in the culture yeah. that it is, it is like living and breathing every single day. And you're surrounded by it when you live there because, exactly, either you're Duke or you're UNC. And you got to choose a side. Yeah,
0: that's-, that's fascinating. It's a mask, right? It's a character. Yeah. You have to pick a character when you live in that area of the world. Otherwise, you're probably right. ostracized. Not part of the conversation unless you're wearing a stupid windbreaker with the right O or M on it or some shit. That's so funny.
2: There's no right M, right. there's a right yeah. O,
0: but the M's not the right. M's are a no? no, no, okay.
2: But yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry to hijack your story with my uh college basketball or football uh bias. <laughs> but UNLV no. hates Duke and Ohio hate State hates Michigan. It's like two, I don't think Duke cares about UNLV anymore because they went on and just been killing it forever, and we just had a couple years in the 90s where we were rivals, but we hold on to that. (laughs) You
0: have
1: to. Whatever works. Right, exactly.
0: Uh, Absolutely. uh,
2: But you you were talking about, you know, your life not going the direction that you you intended it to. Uh, You had two bad things happen, right? The, The accident and then a divorce, which at the time, you know, both those things obviously are stuff you wouldn't want hopefully one day I get in a hundred mile an hour accident and then I get divorced. No one would be like, hope that happens. But it seemed like you made the best out of both of those. And those sent you in directions that improved your life as opposed to,
1: you know, the opposite. Do you feel that way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, um, I a hundred percent believe that we are all products of our past and of our experiences. And so, right. You know, everything leading up to the present moment has shaped me for this present moment. Like I a hundred percent believe that now, right. Uh, and you know, another unfortunate thing is, is, um, you know, I, I had a biological father, but he passed, uh, back, back in, um, 2013. And so that was another sad thing for me because, uh, Mm. you know, I, I love my father and he loved us and, and, you know, not having my father uh, see me grow up and stuff, um, that was sad. So, right, all these different aspects of my life exactly, definitely have shaped me. Now, you see, I, you know, I, I can't say, you know, I can't say that I have been always the best, and I haven't. I haven't been the best at processing all these uh, traumatic things that, that, that happened to me. Now, of course, like with my first year at, at Great Lakes Christian College, I did go to counseling to go ahead and work through that, that divorce because, you know, that, that really did affect me. Like, uh, I don't want to downplay it at all. Like, you know, like I, I, one time I, driving home from work, I was contemplating suicide because I was just at such a low point. But, you know, uh, exactly like, you know, I, I focus on the fact that, you know, there are so many people that love me, so many people that, that um, would, would not want to see me die. So, you know, I, I, I worked through it. But, right, exactly all of it has, has led to where I'm at. And, and it has all influenced my thoughts, my philosophies um, about right life and young people. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, Gary, if I guess that, that gets at what you're trying to get at. But, um,
2: yeah. It's, a you know, people, the past is in the past. And, like, I, you know, I firmly believe in leaving it there. But also, it, 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 it it's the, you know, you're... A, thing of Plato and your and all your experiences like mold you into the person. So, you know, while I try not to dwell on things in the past, you know, I do try to learn from the mistakes I made and also the things that went well, but yeah, like if you didn't go from hungry to Lima to like all the, in the people that you met and the experience that you had, you'd be a totally different person, you know, then. Right. So it's like, you have to, you have to take all the good and the bad. And, you know, some people grew up with a perfect life, and then they get to college or something, and shit hits them in the face, and they have no clue, like how to process or deal with it at all. And then some people are getting the shit into the stick from day one, you know? They 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 never see anything else or see that they have the potential to do other things. And you they're know, so. excited
0: that they got the cafeteria job and the extra fifteen dollars a week, and they're getting to sling mashed potatoes because where they came from, that wasn't even a chance of happening. And they're standing in college now, getting a chance to do that you know as their as their ride i i would totally have been happy with that if a school had given me something that somebody else would have considered horrifying you know you're going to do what and be like fuck i can get out of where i'm at and i can just sling some mashed potatoes to get my degree where do i sign up i'm out but you know for everybody right. else it's not the same um, right. i want to take a step back um, you had mentioned during that time frame of the divorce and uh, after the accident, I think it was more towards the divorce end. You mentioned that you had, I think, shattered or your ego or your ego had become uh, dissolved to some so to speak. Um, that particular crossroads is something that I think a lot of people hit, regardless of religion, but can have a catalyst effect that makes them turn to a life of change or a life of purpose. Um, I think that we find our greatest purpose when we're on our knees um, and when we're less involved with the mask because the mask isn't real. The mask is what we're told we're supposed to have and it's how we want people to see us. It just doesn't work that way. And when you hit the ground With that mask and it shatters in front of you, did you feel a form of personality dissolution as well?
1: I would say during that time, not as much as recently, because the fact is, you know, I wanted to mention, you know, the fact is, I also in much more recent history had another like right, you know, ego, ego death, um, uh, or like at that time when my life just uh, fell apart, you know, didn't expect it to happen. So at that time I would say not as much because they, like, you know, mind you, Jay, I am in I'm in importing, I guess, this ego lens and these things that I know now back into that time. Like, you mm. know, at that time I did not know about the ego. I was not philosophically minded. Like, you know, my not, not to, not to, uh, be mean to Midwesterners, like, you know, I, I,
0: I was simple minded, not to say,
1: you know, like um
0: and I'm just looking at Gary as you're saying this because I just wanna see how this floats across the room. It's true. I mean, if you
2: got if you're in a small town and Florida, you got man, you cracker barrel it. and you know, and people line up for yes. fucking six hours when the Olive Garden moves in, it's like you only have so much knowledge and especially before the internet, like you only had what was in the place where you lived and whatever abc cbs and nbc put on at seven o'clock so yeah. you know
1: you only know as much as you're exposed to you know 100 percent. also let me right and let me also mention the fact is like right in lima you don't have the opportunity to become cultured like the fact is in chicago i go outside immediately i'm met by you know this person from this nation i met met this religion this you know like you are surrounded Flipping by diversity. over museums
0: like just, just, just
1: all sorts of difference. In my Ohio, you have white Midwesterners. I'm I'm sorry, but you know, predominantly, and so like you don't get exposed to these different things, and so it's like your, you know, your location. Does I loved it.
0: I loved it. As soon as I got out of where I was from, and I did get a chance to get out there and start sampling the world, it was like getting to go to the buffet, not knowing the buffet existed, right? right. And just be like, right. wham! You open up, you're like, holy shit. I get to hang out with all these people from all these places all the time. Like, I don't have to wear a mask because say you are in this small community that is, you know, has the limited amount of information that it's consumed and it's generational because those communities are, they're super generational. Everybody knows who everybody is, that kind of thing. So I don't know, man. I just think that,
2: We're Ah. Yeah, I mean, even in Cleveland growing up, we had white people and black people, and you had white neighborhoods and black neighborhoods, and very few that were even intermingled between the two. And like, you know, we had one Asian restaurant and like it was (laughs) Japanese and turned out that it was owned by Korean people. And then, you know, like we had some Puerto Rican dudes that everybody thought were Mexican for half my life, and that was about it. You know, <laughs> when, when I came back
0: from Japan, I had somebody ask me to speak Japanese to someone at one of the Asian restaurants or the sushi restaurants. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, Chief. I was like, that person's from the Philippines. That person <laughs> is Taiwanese. That guy's Spanish. I'm like, if I start doing this, I might as well just cross a border somewhere in Europe and try. I'd have a better opportunity of them understanding me. If I crossed a border in Europe <laughs> that I would if I tried to start speaking Japanese to this dude that's Sri Lankan, you know, <laughs> like, right. this is not gonna work. Yeah. We have such right. a limited right. amount of exposure here. And we're such a media consumption society that we even believe that other countries are other things that we've never seen. Historically right. inaccurate things we just wear this lens that doesn't allow us to perceive other people's cultures and viewpoints. We've been given a script. I mean, for the longest time it was, you know, I don't care about communism, democracy, capitalism, whatever it is, but the red shirt versus blue shirt thing forever. I mean, the Rocky franchise capitalized in four on like the red versus this. We have such a limited amount. It's a funnel. It's a funnel of information, and one of the things that came for me after the fact, when I started to get an understanding, you're still there, Kay, by the way. um, It does that to take away from the experience for us, but not the recording. But when you grow up in that small community, you don't have the same lenses as people do on the outside, right? You've consumed... All of the terminology, all of the implicit bias. I recognized when I left there that not that I subscribed to a lot of the implicit biases. You know, they, they were there but not there. But when I got out into the real world, they made themselves more apparent. Um, I talk about it all the time. There's an instance when I was in the Army. I, somebody had gotten hit in the mouth with a remote control and it broke their front tooth. And he come running into my barracks room, laughing with his hand over his mouth. And he's like, so-and-so threw me the remote control and he broke my front tooth. And I'm like, dude, nah. And he pulls his hand down and I'm like, sure as shit, it's broken in half. And he looked dumb as shit. My mind made him go from a college degree to outside 7-Eleven and, you know, panhandling. And I didn't recognize it at the moment because you said that ego dissolving that took place, you didn't recognize until later in life. That was my waypoint for one of the things that I recognized later in life. It bothered me a lot that day. That night, I went to bed. Why? Yeah, it was funny. But why did I see him that way? That did not make sense to me. Why was he poor? Why was he slow? Why was he a bumpkin? All these things. And later in life, it started to reveal itself, you know, that I was told. I was told that is the perception I should have. That's when I started breaking things apart. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I bring it up all the time. People have a soundtrack. We can mentally place a size and intelligence and all these things to a simple, what do you know? Immediately they're fucking fat slow all these different things why does that happen I don't like that why is somebody telling me how to feel with a sound it's so fragile how we take in our surroundings and how we judge things on just sphere micro levels so I get what you mean it took a long time for me to look back at that and understand why it bothered me it was because somebody else told me how to feel in that moment but we don't realize until it's later in life. It's, I do understand now why, you know, older people are like, you'll never understand until you're older. Oh, that <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. So. Right. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you see like this, this whole, this whole ego journey thing for me is, is very, very recent, you know, like, you know, as, as you, you might think in my story. And of course, certainly a, to a degree, I did go ahead and lose my ego identity slash narrative that I had built up to that point. And then, of course, then it was uh, destroyed. However, I do want to let you know that, you know, uh, if anything dies, then you know it can come back even stronger afterwards. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that that ego uh, narrative and this this thing that I built throughout my my biblical studies, whew, it uh, didn't result in anything good. Let's just say, let's just. Say, I was um, waiting
0: yeah. for this. I was waiting for this because you had submitted a video. And the way that you spoke to your situation, your life, your path that you had uh, taken, you would expect someone to focus more on the fact that they had wrecked at 118 miles an hour. But you did not. That was but a blip on the radar, it seemed like, of who you were. And a lot of people will choose that chair. At that moment, you're at a crossroads. Can I become the guy that wrecked and never work again? And it's not my fault for being who I am, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that is a legit comfortable chair that means you don't have to get up and repeat the hamster wheel for the rest of your life. And a lot of people will take that. They'll they'll pull the parachute that day and say, I am Uncle Rico that wrecked the bike. And that's it. Right. But you didn't do that. And now you're talking in words that are not necessarily native to the biblical talk of the Bible Belt. Because when we say things like ego death and dissolution of character or personality, um, that lends more credit to a metaphysical or uh, what's the new pharmacological, uh, natural pharmacological remedies like ayahuasca psilocybin that kind of thing so are we talking about a journey in that direction or are we at another event
1: yeah no for sure so so that's where i am currently that's where i have ended up but i mean i can i can i guess basically give you the narrative of how i ended up here currently after i i guess switched to the advanced cervical studies field and then you know pursued that track i guess
0: so If I'm under to understand correctly, and I do, I kind of do want to go into this know we're getting up to an hour, but I want to give you a chance to tell us where you are, because I think that the world is here. I think that we're on the precipice of change, understanding, empathy, and growth as as a species in general. Um, I think we've all been headed towards this. And you having that crossroads right now is something that I think that people would relate to. Um, So please feel free to discuss that right now and um, we can always come back to it later. But I know Gary has a um, has had a few uh, psilocybin experiences and I've discussed, you know, those modicums of therapy as well um, on the show in the past. And I like to see that um, the dissolution of a religious character within ourselves or a religious um, ego mask that we can create over time is a very heavy-duty one because it comes with tethers of shame and guilt that are built into that mask. And when you start to break those apart, it can become very traumatic. So please share, and um, I'd love to come back later and hit right at this point another time because this took the left turn that I I thought I was going to see
1: yeah no for sure i mean uh you know the fact is jay i I 100 respect your time and stuff like i don't need to share it right now because you know uh it's quite a story in okay i'm curious well then uh, i i (laughs) yeah you can't leave me hanging like that (laughs) it's it's the best but uh i want to give full disclosure the stuff that i'm about to say is crazy and i know so just take it for what it is
0: (laughs) buckle up buttercup
1: it's about to get fun that's right (laughs) that's right so (laughs) so you know, I, you know, I switched to Advanced Biblical Studies. I'm laser focused. Like, I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, like, this is what I need to do. This is, like, uh, my purpose. Now, so, right, I began, I began in August of 2015 um, at Great Lakes Christian College. Now, in the spring semester, spring semester of 2016, well, okay. Okay, actually, before I say it, in the fall semester of 2015, I'm reading my Bible, um, just in the morning, you know, my morning meditation, my morning Bible reading. And I come across uh, 1 Samuel 15, 17. Uh, Nathan, the prophet says to Saul, the first king of Israel, uh, even though you're little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribe of Israel? And then, you know, at this time, I'm very Christian, very on fire for the uh, for the Lord. And all of a sudden, I feel this like, like uh, presence And I get uh, goosebumps all over my body. So I, at that time, equate that, okay, this is the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Like, um, you're the head of the tribes of Israel. I'm like, okay, I'm not the head of the tribes of Israel. Saul is. And you're like, okay, um, you know, today there's... So I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever. If it is from you, confirm it. I know it sounds crazy. Three days later, three days later, my, my, uh, my coworker, not Christian, you know, we're just, you know, coworkers. And all of a sudden randomly says, you know, okay, you know, I could really, I could really uh, imagine you being a king in the next life. And then immediately I'm like,
0: <laughs> Gary, man, you're such a shitty friend. You don't tell me things like that. Like I would, you're supposed to greet me with like I you need to step up your game. He, he gets friends fucking show up like, bro, you're gonna be a king next fucking life. I'm yeah, kidding, yeah. dude. You're a great friend. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'll work so on, on that.
1: Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gary's motto is hype your friends, by the way. So that was the meanest thing I could have said to him. But oh, it, it just but- it was hey. too easy of a joke.
1: Yeah, you're a king in yeah, this. I life love it. No, I love it.
2: <laughs>
0: What's that Gary? Yeah. So
2: you're a king in this life. I don't know about the next one.
1: I mean, no, next it. one?
0: Uh-uh, definitely not.
1: <laughs> right. Well, hey, you know, um, we don't even know what's in the next cycle if there is one, but you know, sure. you know, who knows, whatever. But um so, you know, that's that's that begins rolling around in my head. I was okay, like, I don't know what that means. So follow uh the following spring semester, 2016, I decide to go ahead and go to a trip with my school to the Dominican Republic. I've never been on a mission trip in my Christian life, so I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and do it. So I'm going down from Lansing, Michigan to Toledo, Ohio, uh, to go ahead and meet my mom, who is driving me up from Lyme, Ohio, to Toledo, to go ahead and pick up a, a luggage. And she gets, uh, we get there meet up, and she says, come on, you won't believe. But uh, you know, I, you know, I usually like to listen to music uh, when I'm driving in the car. But today, I just felt like you know I should go ahead and listen to some preaching. So she said, I just reached into uh, my my console and pulled out one of the random Steve Sampson um, CDs that I had in the car. Now, mind you, Steve Sampson was this preacher slash prophet guy who who uh, visited our church one, once a year in Lima, Ohio. And and she's like, Hey, he prayed for you at the end. I was like, and he's like, she's like, you won't believe what it is. I'm like, okay, like, so I, I, you know, on the way back home, I popped it into the CD um, player in my car. And of course I have the recording of this as well. But, um, so back in, back in November, uh, November 9th of 2010. So this is my high school era. I'm not all that stuff. I was having a lot of, lot of headaches at the time. And, you know, I don't believe, I don't believe in, in, in this mumbo jumbo, but he does, does the sermon. He says, okay, now, um, I feel like uh, we need to go ahead and pray for people with headaches so I said okay whatever is not going to hurt I'm just going to go ahead and go down so he prays for several several people he gets to me and says some things that I'm just like oh my goodness as I'm listening to this I'm like oh my goodness I don't believe it so because you know I have listened to this I've tried to figure out so so often try to understand what this is all about but I've listened to it so much that I could basically repeat it to you verbatim so he says you know he says these things and he says, he takes the pause. He's like, I see you walking on hot coals uh, for a short season and you're going to say, oh, this is like painful. This is not what I thought. But immediately God is going to throw you into your destiny and your purpose. And not only is God going to throw you into your destiny and purpose, but you're going to love the way that the Lord leads your life. Now I remind you, like this is this is going well, to be a is struggle. This during but... your
0: headache healing? He said all this? Yes. So He you doesn't even pray script. for my
1: headache.
0: He doesn't even pray for my headache. Like
1: he just immediately jumps into like crazy stuff. Like, you know, like, and so, um, so, so mind you, mind you. Okay. So I hear this stuff. Okay. So you're going to walk on hot coals and then immediately be thrown into your destiny. So I'm like, Oh my goodness. So my divorce which just happened, you know, like a year prior. So bad, you know, like got me in the dumps. And then now I'm, I'm in, in another city, you know, loving my life loving biblical studies finding this purpose and i'm like oh my goodness like is this real like I-, I feel like there's something there and and um now mind you another another um another piece another piece is in the in the beginning of the prayer slash prophecy says you know he's like god is going to cause you to be so intuitive so cognizant of what he is doing that not only is it going to be be a blessing for you, but a blessing to others. So you see, um, you know, that's that. Now, mind you, if you study biblical studies and you study the prophets, you know, people most often especially in the, in the culture that we live in, think prophets of the Hebrew Bible slash Old Testament were fortune tellers. They were future tellers. They were able to go ahead and prophesy what was going to happen, like God told them and stuff. However, that is not a correct, you know, um, and not proper view of prophecy. You know, people, this is the, the best phrase to convey it. People think that prophets are uh fortune tellers, but they are not their fourth tellers. They were able to read the signs of the times and instruct the king on what's going to happen. So for instance, the prophet says, hey, Babylon is going to come get us. And now how was he able to go in and say that? Well, because he they started and got the Syria, then they were going in the fertile Crescent, and they were going to hit Syria next. And of course, naturally, hit you along the way to it, to Egypt. You know, this is like a, a, the ability to read the signs of
0: times. Based on the actual signs around that are happening, like, okay, this group over here has become angered and they're starting to have some political unrest. And this group over here has, you know, advanced from here to here. I can see how that could get misconstrued over time. Whereas right. it's some kind of, like you said, I'm predicting the future. No, I'm predicting... Right the shit that you guys aren't looking at. I feel like the prophet now is the first mindful person. <laughs> right. No, Actually like, looking no, like, around at what's happening versus their own mask. Yes,
1: 100%. So, so long story short, all these, so these things all conflate together and basically provide to me this egoic messianic complex. So, you know, okay, we have King, you know, like I had this like experience with King and then, okay, uh, I have a prophet, you know, because, right, you know, this being cognizant, being a blessing to others. And, you know, like this is, this is the prophet section. And then, right, uh, I'm studying biblical studies. I am, I am learning all these things. And, you know, in ancient Israel, who were the only ones who studied the Torah and studied these writings were the priests the priests were the only ones that were literate in this stuff and so that they could go ahead and teach the masses so king priest prophet what was jesus king priest prophet so this this like messianic consciousness ego consciousness uh, like is you know throughout my my education goes full force like i'm like but now mind you mind you i'm I, i'm not dumb you know like uh Messiahs, like they just, uh, you know, David Koresh was this messianic, and then, like, you see what happened here, like, I'm not trying to be that, like, you know, like, that's not me, like, that's not me. Uh, These are just things that are happening to me, and I'm trying to wrestle, like, what the frick does this even mean? Like, I don't know, but, like, it's with me, and okay, God has some big purpose for me, but, like, what is it? Like, okay, is there something here? Like, so, mind you, you know, biblical studies is not for the faint of heart, you Mm -hmm. know. It it long story short, like by the time I get done with my undergraduate studies, I still believe in God, still believe in Jesus, but my faith, my beliefs about the entirety of Christianity, religion is vastly different than the average churchgoer. But I still believe. Now I go to Duke and you know, as faith has it, I I complete the first semester, but then the rest of the three semesters are completed in lockdown because of COVID. And so I'm a super extrovert, love hanging around with people. And long story short, alongside this, this COVID and being locked up in in a in cage of your house and just being trained of, of energy alongside these continued crazy things that I learned about the, the historical context of the Bible and then and, 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 like authorship, uh, purpose, all this stuff. You know, um, one day I'm just like, well, of course not just one, but throughout the time, i'm just like i i just i don't i don't believe this stuff anymore i i really don't believe this stuff anymore i just don't think i can i can go out and buy into this like this is this is not it and so then that's jay when when exactly this this other ego loss is like look like if i if i don't believe if i don't believe in this this uh (laughs) biblical stuff like you know uh this messiah like ego construction like like you know like it's, it's done. Like, you know, like, uh, so, so long as are short, you know, like, uh, and I thought, you know, this was my purpose and this was my destiny, this, this biblical studies and, and teaching it to others. And then, you know, I'm like, I, what is my purpose anymore? So yeah, you know, I, I lost, I, I lost that. And so, um, I've been, and so, you know, I graduated in 2021 from Duke. And ever since then, I've been trying to basically rebuild my identity find out who I am. And, you know, um, in the most, most recent, like six months, I've been really leaning into egoic studies, you know, Alan Watts, Eckhart Tolle. Just love, this, like, living. love them. Yes. Yes, me too. Uh, Brilliant but, minds. So just, uh, unbelievable. Yes. If
0: you just, for those of you that heard those two names, write them down. And if you haven't read their works or listened to uh, meditations and things, uh, uh, Alan Watts, I could listen to until the end of time. Yes. He yes. could read me He's... like a cookbook or a manual for a car, <laughs> like an old Chilton, yes. whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs> he yes. could read that to me. That yeah. was for you, Gary.
2: Yeah. <laughs> old Chilton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was like the manual, that yeah. the, the, the company that created manuals for every car. Yeah. It was for people that had to work on their own cars.
2: Yeah, I I've seen a bunch of those. My stepdad. But Alan Watts could read that. Yeah,
0: Alan Watts could read that to me, and I would be so happy. Um, yeah, you're, I think at a juncture that the majority of people are at right now, or in some way, shape, or form. The analogy I like to use is a bicycle tire and spokes and a stick, and that when the pandemic happened and we were locked down, we were riding that wheel. We were doing the same thing over and over, get up, rinse, repeat, get up, rinse, repeat, get up, rinse, repeat. But the pandemic was a stick and they rammed it right in the spokes of the tire and everybody flew off of it, hit the ground and were able to turn around and look at the tire that they never knew they were on. Right. And now we have these questions. I don't think that um, there's, let me correct that. I think there is a reason for all of the bridges that you crossed and the books that you read and the understandings that you came to because they're going to help you now in your, I mean, this is exciting, your rebuild phase where you get to discover yourself. Rebuild, I don't even think is a word for it um, because I don't know that that actually is what's happening. I think it's discovery. I like, think it's revealing who you were the whole time like, and getting to fall in love with K. Who was like, K when he was a kid? Who was K when he was dreaming? Who was K when he was playing alone? You know, and who is K now to the world? And I think that that's going to probably be some form of interpreter, an interpreter of teachings that were meant for a different reason, that have messages that have been misconstrued by greed and domination, you know, or material items, whatever it is, they've twisted and turned some of the most simple things, these parables and stories that some are real, some aren't. Some are, you know, the understandings that you get from what you saw. That doesn't matter. If you break it down to the core, you get to see the simplicity behind it. You know, the right. it all goes back to the same area. The Mesopotamian River Valley kind of grew from there. You know, right. heads out to India, heads up north. You know, you got a right. line from down in Africa. You got a few that hang out over here and like... uh The Middle East, they never move, you know, get a little Caucasianist, you know, and you go up around the left, you know, pick up some of the white or the blue-eyed devil (laughs) around uh, Germany and France, where I come from, you know, in England. (laughs) They like to get a King James version there, dust that up a little bit. (laughs) Right. At the same time, we're all in the same soup. Yes, we are. We are. Thank you for being courageous enough to face the human experience and embrace it, um, that's when you become a lighthouse. I say it at the end of almost every episode now, but I think that if you're a religious person, stop yelling it and start living it because you're gonna affect a lot more change if you stand up and become what it is that you're preaching. Just stand Stand there and be it, that's a lighthouse. You don't have to tell somebody to follow God. Just follow him yourself and let them find you through your actions. Like, oh, this guy's living a pretty dope life over here. He looks happy. His family's all together. He's not, you know, doing some shit that's against whatever moral compass he has. I can dig that. But if you're standing out there, hit me in the face with a book telling me what I'm doing wrong, well, then fuck you. I'm not listening. I ain't listen to right. my parents. Why the fuck am I going to listen to you? Right. Like, right. <laughs> no, 100%. Just go 100%. be what you're naturally inclined to be before the implicit bias. Once you become that, then everybody's going to come to you. You're going to be the guy that's smiling every time you meet someone, and you'll be the smile when you're not there. Right. right. So I appreciate right. you and I appreciate that you're willing to put something so personal out there because I don't believe that anybody was waiting for that or ready for that left turn at the end, which I love that um, because it shows growth. That's not to say that I'm knocking religion ever because I think if it provides you a moral compass and you do good things and you're not discriminating against others, rock on with your bad self. Wish I could have the same belief. Man, would it be cool (laughs) to be able to throw it up to something higher than myself. That would be great. <laughs> I'm too much of a narcissist though. I feel like I've got to right. control it all. <laughs> right. Oh no, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. Yeah,
1: exactly. Right. Uh, you know, of course I tried to be hundred ex- percent, exactly understanding in that sense that, Hey, if that religion works for you, great, please do it. If it makes you a better person, please do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just don't be hitting people out on the street or anything like that and running some more wild ass agenda. Right. I got too much shit Pretty in my fair. own
1: lane to be worried
2: about. Yeah, Gary,
0: exactly. is there anything you want to close up on?
2: No, nah, like uh, I wasn't expecting that turn either. It's, it's, it's tough to deal with, I'm sure, because not only is it like your career choice, which you got deep into through all the education and time and money and effort, but it's also like your belief system too. We're so intertwined that, you know, to change everything. Most people don't do that, you know, I'm a television producer, but, you know it's not like my religion or whatever and like if i had to change like what oh, i shit. believe in I in a way and like also shift like my whole career path and everything like that's a hard turn to deal with and it's like it's also it's harder you know most people don't even if they start to feel that way or whatever they'll just stick it's in hard. the rut forever you know and you know for you to feel that way and, and act upon it and realize you have a lot of life left and a lot of things that you could do that are going to make you happy and you know, serve your actual purpose instead of, you know, sticking to it because you've been doing it, you know, it's like, it's like, you know,
0: your hair is a metaphor for this whole entire situation. I was was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It is, you're rediscovering so much. And who knew you had such a beautiful inside there that you get to experience Uh now. That's fucking awesome. I love
1: that
0: so much. I'm going to eat that. Yes. That's you should. Wonderful. You
1: huh. should. <laughs> it's like when because people, I like, mean,
0: God,
2: go ahead. Like when people get out of the army, like you, you know, like you can't have a beard ever or anything. Like the first thing anyone gets, does is they just grow the beard. You know, it's like, it's a sign of like, you know, I could do it. I could be free. I could let the beard grow. You know? And it's like, if you're you like, you know, in front of church people all the time, like they would judge you if you had big, long, like curly hair, like you know, they would, Oh, uh, he doesn't look like a pastor. Pastor's permanent proper.
1: And has a perfect haircut. Right. And then yeah. I guess these don't look like pastor material. Holy
0: <laughs> shit. You kept those covered the whole time. How do you do something like this, this dude? Like <laughs> you sprung like a whole bunch of hair, didn't just threw up some fucking sleeve tats. Yeah. And yeah. I love this. And I'd like to go on record that further out, let's say a year, I'd love to check back in, see how this journey is going. And I also want to come back to something that I completely forgot about. Are you studying comedy as well? I actually am. Yes, I am. So being new to comedy, I would love to see the spiritual growth, how comedy is infused in this growth process, because I know that it's got to be a huge mechanism and how that helps you get to where you are then. Can I get you on the record now? You want me to talk about it right now? No, I want you to say that you're going to show up at a year and tell us oh, about this. 100 percent Exactly. I would love to. Dude, I love it. All right. Well, I don't have anything further. You want to tell everybody where they can find you at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, of course, like they can
1: find me in most of the social media platforms and Facebook. you know, search by my name on TikTok. I am um, at I mean at one. Kalama and mate all together, my name. I have a funny one. I also have a TikTok channel for biblical studies called at TitBitBib, you know, so, um, and of course I have a YouTube channel for that equivalent. And so, yeah, I just- we'll put that you know, all in our show my...
0: notes so everybody can find it. Um, I think they'd yeah. be interested because you're a very uh, eclectic guy. You've got so many different layers and I feel like we just got to see like part one of so many different chapters and I'm excited yeah. for you. Um, you get to rediscover yourself. And I live Hi. by the uh, philosophy that to not be yourself is a slap in the face of whomever or whatever made you. Yeah,
1: yeah no, Gary and Jay, thank you so, so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. For sure.
0: Awesome. Hang on just one second. Remember everybody be cool and keep learning.